Okay, so welcome back to the podcast. If you don't already know me, my name is Blessing Makosha. I'm a lawyer and a hip hop head. I founded No Ghostwriter, which is a platform putting you onto the best women in hip hop. And this is my podcast, Law and Hip Hop, where I discuss hip hop business from a legal perspective and just whatever sort of topics that interest me that bring up interesting legal elements that I want to discuss with you. So today, the first thing I want to talk about is a fellow lawyer and content creator, Annie. Um, You'll find her on socials as Any Given Sunday. And she recently quit her law firm after somebody had reported her to her firm for doing content. So creating beauty content and stuff like that on social media. And the fact that she was getting paid to do this, it ended up she had a meeting Um, with a partner in her firm and put in her resignation and quit and um, I felt that in my spirit like I really felt that story in my soul because as you guys know I am a lawyer and a creator as well and so I wanted to talk about you know what this being exposed and her ultimately making the decision to quit law or at least quit that firm Um, what that means for the rest of us who are in the professional world and also our creatives as well. And I feel weird saying that because it's almost as if saying that being a creative isn't being isn't professional or isn't a profession. And I think that's one of the biggest myths to bust and you'll find yourself busting if you are a lawyer and a creative is that people sort of seem to assume that creativity means it's not disciplined, it's not organized, it's not goal-driven or goal-oriented. Um, and traditional professions, you know, that's people recognize that for those things and attracting people with those attributes. So they, a lot of people can find it surprising when somebody is a lawyer and a creative and just speaking from experience, speaking from, you know, my lived experience, I have found, you know, once I start explaining to people how organized and militant one has to be in order to maintain a personal brand as a content creator they do start to appreciate it more but i think the key thing in this and this is just it 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 really outstands me because it's not just in this context it's in a lot of contexts that you know people especially black women deal with this is people who don't understand how you're able to do so much and balance so much Um, and do things online that earn you money. So like creating content, working with brands, going on brand trips, getting PR and gifting and all of that. And a lot of people, if they don't know how you're able to do something because they can't or don't do it, they do treat you with a lot of suspicion and hostility in a way that is, you know, sad. And, you know, it's a big weight to carry when you can tell people are talking about you or threatening your career because you're different. It takes serious hard work and drive to succeed online and not everybody is able to do it. Not everybody is built for it. And instead of respecting people who are able to build themselves brands, a lot of people feel maybe envy or they feel like that person doesn't belong. And so they want to tear them down and sort of take away their platform. But in my view forcing creative people into a corner or making them feel bad about their creativity stifles innovation in industries that desperately need to innovate to the modern world 
and technical innovation is real is a real important element of this you know every element of life and business no matter what work you do no matter what you know walk of life you come from is being impacted by technological innovation even just the presence of ai in the professional and educational space is radically changing how we look at and understand productivity and knowledge gathering and if you are shunning people who speak that language who understand you know what technology is becoming and how it can be properly wielded you're you're depriving yourself you are depriving your organization you're depriving your profession you're depriving your industries from tapping into this knowledge because you see people who speak tech who speak innovation who speak creativity and like I said you treat them with suspicion and hostility I just feel like her story highlights how counterintuitive um it is for professional industries to bully creatives out because if you didn't have creative people you wouldn't have the world that we have today and I just want to say as well it's interesting how when you look back at history um, you know, our history written by men for men, you'll find a lot of men in history are praised for being mavericks, innovators, creative, coming up with new ideas, coming up with new ways of presenting things. So there is space to celebrate it. It just, it seems to be people pick and choose who they want to celebrate innovation from. And if it's not a face or a name that they recognize or expect that is speaking the truth and showing the path for the future they do things like what happened to any and force you in a position where you have to choose between your identity and your place and it's a sad thing to put a creative person in and it's a sad predicament and you know the internet has shown an overwhelming amount of support for any um, I wish her the absolute best of luck in anything she does next. You know, it doesn't really matter what she does. Um, she's got the tools, she's got the talent, and she's got the fan base. And um, that was really, really, you know, big to build. It took a lot of hard work. And I'm glad that she didn't, you know, walk away from it um, because people didn't know how she was able to do it. Um, and it was a sad decision. You know, I saw her content. She reminds me of a lot of myself. She pursued, you know, she passed the bar. She worked really hard for this. She gets her foot in the door and then she finds herself, you know, finding that her career is incompatible with her creativity. Um, if you relate, let me know. If you're also a hybrid, multifaceted babe like myself, working in multiple industries, doing multiple things. Um, yeah, let me know. How do you deal with it and would you make the same decision that any did if somebody was to you know put you in a corner and hold a gut up to your head and make you choose what would you choose i think ultimately the best solution the best way for all of us to deal with this whether it's in law or other industries is to allow people to be themselves and especially when it comes to black lawyers not punishing them for that which makes them different because breaking into law was hard enough it's another thing, breaking yourself to fit in. So next topic, I want to talk about Dochi's solo version. So Dochi, one of my favorite rappers out right now. I love her sound. 
Um, she released a new song after dropping a snippet that made a good few rounds on TikTok. Um, it's called What It Is Block Boy. Um, and it's got that hook that's like, What it is, huh? What's up? Every good girl needs a little thug. Every black boy needs a little thug. If you put it down, I'm going to pick it up, up, up. But yeah, anyway, such a good song. <laughs> a really good song. Um, so she dropped the snippet. We were all really excited. You know, oh, who's it going to be? Because she said there was going to be a feature. And then she releases the feature and boom, it's Kodak Black. Now, Kodak Black has a documented history, I believe, with the police, violence towards women, etc., etc. But he's still in the industry. He's still right there. He's established. You know, a lot of people owe a lot of the wave, um, new wave in hip hop to artists like Kodak Black. So he's been given his flowers, let's just say. Now, don't she tease that Kodak would be on the song, that he would be the feature and he'd be in the video? And immediately the comments just start going solo version, solo version, solo version, solo version, solo version. We want the solo version. Um, and they said, we will not stream this with Kodak. We don't want to listen to Kodak. Please give us the solo version. And she, in the end, did say when the song drops, I'll drop a solo version and the version with Kodak. And then boom, to her word, she did. She dropped a solo version. Lots of people really love the solo version. I think the solo version is the one that's trending. It's the one that's streaming. Um, and I thought this was interesting and I wanted to unpack this because um, Dochi's doing what she needs to do. Okay, Dochi is dealing with her fans, giving them what she want, what they want from her, listening to them and responding, which is really, really commendable, first of all. I And I also don't necessarily object to her, you know, meet, meeting what the fans want. The fans said solo version, she gave them what they want. However, I do think that we need to be cautious of what's reasonable to ask of developing artists. So Dochi is currently still building her presence. She's making herself known. And the new fans that are starting to interact with her should be careful not to ask for more than she can give, especially right now in her career. Um, she isn't in the position yet, not to say that she won't be, because I have complete faith in her, but she isn't in the position yet where she can 100% control who is going to be available as a collaborator, as a feature, what opportunities are going to come her way because she's a new and developing artist. And for her to be connected to Kodak Black is really, really big. It's a big look for her career and her building up the, a CV, a, a, a curriculum vitae of, um, or a resume, as you guys would say in America, of artists that she's worked with, sounds that she's tried, which makes her even more attractive as a collaborator. You know, you do need a track record before you just jump up and start working with Nicki Minaj, you know? Um, in any event as well, she was collaborating with someone from her home state. She's from Florida. Kodak Black is from Florida. So it was very much like a natural link. It, it made sense for them to link up, right? But again, it's the, it's the issue there of art and artists. Fans have started to take positions on things. And if you are collaborating with someone that they do not, you know, think highly of, 
then you're going to struggle to get their support for your song. That is the reality of what we're dealing with, right? Um, and so, yeah, in, in, in conclusion, I'd love to know what you guys think. Make sure you, like, leave your comments and let me know. But I do think, don't she, you know, she did the right thing. She listened to her fans. But we do need to be careful with how far we go because these fans have got careers, sorry, the artists have careers to build they have goals to reach for themselves and it's not fair for us to sort of force them to meet expectations that we shouldn't be holding them up to um and i think one of those expectations can be that an artist will match your politics with their business alignments and the people that they work with you know, business and politics are two separate things. And like I said, if you're just discovering a rap girly and you like her music, try not to project all of your expectations and demands and everything all at once because it's overwhelming and it doesn't give artists the space to grow and to develop. So it's a bit of a bonus topic. I wanted to talk about something very near to my heart as No Ghostwriter has put on a couple of these and that is Nikki Nights. So if you don't know what a Nikki Night is, it's something that the Barb started doing um, where they would gather, get other Barbs and just have a night of straight Nicki Minaj music. Well, these nights have proven so popular that it's now becoming a thing for you know people to host an event and make it a Nikki night. But the problem is, it's a Nikki and everyone else night. So it'll be Nikki on the poster and then all the basically female rappers that are out right now. And they'll be like celebrating Nikki and the queens of hip hop. Which, come on, it doesn't even seem that bad, okay? I understand, but I'm speaking as a Barb here. That is blasphemy. If a night is a Nicki night, it is only Nicki Minaj from the start to the finish. And that's why I feel like she should have trademarked it. You know, if she could have, if she still can, I think she should. But Nicki night should have been trademarked. Yeah, And I feel like it's because she, she and her fans are the biggest, you know, most engaging group within the femme rap subculture, right? I've talked about that a lot on my channel. And it just, it just would have made sense if all of that business was hers. Like, I just wish she got paid every time somebody put on a Nikki night. And then maybe the Bobs could like apply to get funding to put on their own. Because as a marketing exercise, as a way of getting her music out there in the streets, it's so good. It's so, so good. And I know she doesn't need any distribution help or anything, but... It's just a nice thing to do to come together in a room with people who like the music that you like, you know, and like the artists that you like. It's just the transcendent experience when you're in a room full of bobs. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just want to know. I, that was just a little bonus um, thing I wanted to talk about. But whether you think Nikki should trademark Nikki Knight, let me know in the comments. Um, I'd like to know what you think. Um, and if you've been to a Nikki night and you enjoyed it, uh, let me know because I'd like to know what your experiences were. And if you're in London, make sure that you're following No Ghostwriter because we'll be putting on another Nikki night soon. Okay. Maybe in the summer, we'll be doing another night, another event. 
Um, and if you are hosting a Nikki night, if you are a Barb hosting a Nikki night and you see this video, tell us about it. Tell us where we can find out more information so we'll come through and support. I mean, Nikki did say that, you know, she well, is interested in supporting these nights, maybe making, sending bottles, like helping with venues. You know, there's interesting things. There's a good interesting amount of scope for this to be really good. Um, but yeah, let me know. Do you think she should trademark Nikki Knight? Um, and with that, I will close this episode of Law & Hip Hop. I love your comments, guys. So make sure you keep on commenting and sharing your thoughts. What do you think about Dochi? And what do you think about the first topic I discussed of the lawyer who quit law because she would rather quit um, than have people stifle her creativity? I will see you next week for the next episode of the podcast. Make sure you take care of yourself. And like this video, leave a comment and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening on Spotify podcast, Apple podcast or whatever, make sure you like this podcast, follow it and leave us a five star review as well. Okay, awesome. I will see you guys in my next one. Bye.